thank you for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we pray big prayers to a big God and we expect big results. If you have any questions or you want to find out about who we are, visit us online at victory.church or download our mobile app. Now let's check out today's message. Victory Church, it's so good to see your smiling faces today. Are you glad to be at church? Come on, Edmund Campus, OKC Campus. We're so excited that you're here. And I know that you woke up today to a white Christmas, even though it's not Christmas yet. You woke up to a lot of white on the ground for the, from the snow. If, you're, if you live locally here, we have people that watch from all over. But we had kind of a big snow day here in Oklahoma City. So maybe, just maybe, you're curled up on your living room couch with a warm blanket. Uh, with some hot chocolate, with a fire going. If that's the case, we're so glad that you're tuning in uh, from your home. Uh, all the people who braved the roads that are here, uh, are you glad to be in the house today at the Edmond campus? I know uh, there's many who braved the roads, and I want to greet the Edmond campus who's watching us. Love you guys so much, and uh, can't wait to be with you again soon. And we are in this series called The King is Coming, and we're talking about Advent, and we um, have talked every week about ad how Advent means coming. That's, uh, that's literally what it means. And for them in that day, it meant that the Messiah was coming. For us, it means that the, it means the Messiah has come. But it also means that he's still going to come again. And we celebrate that and we look forward to that day. The first week we talked about hope and that we need to put our hope in Christ and that we can have hope. Last week we talked about peace. And I pray that last week's message blessed you. Uh, we talked about how we got to take peace. We got to keep it and we let it. And it's a gift that comes from the Spirit of God that is something that we can partake of and that peace is not determined by our surroundings. That peace is something that comes from within, from the Spirit of the Lord. And today I want to kind of follow that same, uh, that same idea with the next one, which is joy. Today we're going to talk about joy and how joy is not based on our circumstances. It's not based upon what's happening in the world or in our country. That joy is something that is a gift of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And so this is something that we need in this post-2020 world, by the way. And so I pray that today, as we dive into the word here on joy, that something would happen on the inside of you as we depart from here today, that you would carry a new, refreshing uh, spirit of joy with you. The two passages I'm going to open up to are Luke chapter 2. So if you want to begin flipping there, you can. Luke chapter 2. And then we're also going to look at John chapter 15. Last week, I kind of took you on a on a trip through the Bible, and we looked at peace from several different areas in the Bible, and so we kind of just transported to different areas in Scripture. We're going to do a similar thing today with joy, and I want to talk to, be, to you about all the times in Scripture, not all the times, but many of the times in Scripture where joy is referenced, and so we're going to kind of take a, a tour today, but there's two main passages I want to read for you. The first one's in Luke chapter 2, verse 9. This is kind of a Christmas verse that you hear at this time of the year. It says this, it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, and this is the part I want you to catch, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Good news that will cause great joy. John chapter 15, verse 11, let's flip over there, John chapter 11, uh, 15, verses 11, 
If you can't flip that quick, you can also go to YouVersion, by the way, and click on events, and then you can actually select Victory Church, and all my notes are on there. So you can actually follow through there, add your own notes, make my sermon better, and then email it to yourself later. So you can follow along there too. John chapter 15, verse 11, this is Jesus' words. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We're going to talk about this word complete and what this word means. And so today, I want to encourage you that we're going to do something together, and I want you to take this with you. The title of my message today is, Let's Go for a Joyride. Let's go. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go. Let's go for a joyride. Let's do something. Let's, let's bring joy back to 2020. Amen? Let's pray, and we'll dive into this. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this gift called joy, something that we cannot manufacture And even though we try, we come to the understanding today that true joy comes from you. And so we dive into your word today, Father, and we pray that you would help us, God, help us to receive this gift uh, in a world, in a year where joy seems unattainable. Uh, We come to the source. So we pray that these scriptures will come alive today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Uh, Earlier this year, my neck really started bothering me. And um, I don't know why. And so I went to the doctor, had some x-rays done. And the doctor says, you have whiplash. Did you get in a car accident? Did your wife shake you? You know, I don't know. Just did something happen to you that caused you to go whiplash? And I was like, I don't ever remember anything happening that would have given me any sort of whiplash. You said, oh, well, you definitely have it. And at some point, something has shocked you. Something has jolted you and your neck, I can see it. And sometimes I wonder if... um, 2020 has done this to us too. Like there's been an x-ray done of us <laughs> and the Lord's like, uh, you have whiplash. You know? And we're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't really know when that happened. It, it's, a lot of things happened in 2020, but for some reason we have these, these, this whiplash. And so I pray probably more so than ever that this Christmas season, Christmas season you know, every year we kind of focus in on Christmas with the hope of Christmas and the peace and the joy and the love and these Advent themes. But I think for me, um, probably more than any year of my life, I've really focused in on these more than ever before as the gift that they truly are. And joy is one of those. And in the midst of 2020, and like I said, in the post world of the 2020 world, the world is gonna need some joy. And as Christ followers, we must lead the charge in this. And so I wanna, what I want to equip you with today is joy and to bring it to the understanding that this truly is a gift. I've actually found a study that showed, uh, it was in the Psychology Today, Psychology Journal of, of Medicine, and it said that smiling, just smiling, even a fake smile, y'all, releases chemicals of the endorphins and the serotonins that brings happiness, that brings uh, a a feeling of goodness. It actually can be a pain reliever, just smiling. Come on, everybody just give me a big smile. Edmund Campus, give me a big smile. Come on, bigger than that. I called somebody out at the nine for not smiling. You better smile real big. I see that smile. Even in you just doing that, scientifically proven, your body right now is releasing chemicals that can actually improve you. I've actually found a study at Harvard, the Harvard Neuroscience Institute released a study that said that laughter is even more healing than smiling. 
And they say laughter is good medicine, right? Well, and scientifically, this is what the Harvard Neuro- Neuroscience Institute said. A good, hearty laugh can re- relieve tension and stress, boost the immune system by reducing stress hormones and increasing activity among immune cells and antibodies. Laughter helps reduce, watch, the risk of heart attack and stroke. So just have a cheeseburger today, but as long as you laugh, you're, you're good. <laughs> by improving blood flow and blood vessel function, even, in this study said also, even a fake laugh is helpful. I heard a fake laugh over here. Did you hear that? <laughs> Do you have a fake laugh? I have a fake laugh. My wife knows my fake laugh whenever I'm just getting, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Let me hear your fake laugh. Do your, do your fake, you got a fake laugh? Even awkward laughs, like awkward moments like that. But this fact that, that laughter is actually helps us, it, it's good medicine. So I've used this, this, this analogy and metaphor a couple of times recently. My daughter is playing basketball, and so you know, I'm obsessed with basketball, so I use this a lot. So I'm watching, it's seventh grade basketball, guys, it's fantastic, okay? Seventh, seventh grade basketball, uh, women's basketball, is something to behold, okay? So... But they do these, they run these plays, these inbounds plays, you know? And, you know, I play basketball my whole life. I, I obsess with basketball and I break it down and I, I have, you know, my wife's holding me back half the time because I'm screaming, John, you're a pastor, stop screaming. And, and so, but they, they run these plays and the whole, listen, this is not brain surgery. The whole point of the play is to get open, right? You, you want to get open. But they've, be, they've become so rehearsed at running the play that they don't even need to run the play sometimes. Like, they're, they're, they're throwing the ball in on the baseline. This is their goal right here. And somebody's on the block, right, right there, right under the goal. And they're wide open. Like the defender is, you know, picking their nose somewhere. I don't know where they are. They're not there. But they still run the play. And so this person who's wide open, all, they can literally just hand them the ball and they put it in the basket. They will turn and run away to set a pick for somebody that doesn't even exist. I wonder if we've become so rehearsed at trying to find happiness that we're running the plays that this world would tell us that true happiness brings when God's saying, you're wide open. I'll just hand you joy. You, you don't need to run the plays that this world is trying to convince you that you need to run to be happy. I've got joy right here. This is what the scripture is saying. Jesus says, my joy is for your joy to become complete. It's a gift, and I just want to give it to you. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you four ways that we can begin to receive this joy. Four elements, okay? Four things that I want to communicate to you about joy, and we're just going to kind of transport all over the Bible, okay? We're going to go to all kinds of different scriptures, and I just want to pull some, some truths out of scripture that I want you to walk away with so that you can stop running the plays and just score some points, okay? And bring joy home with you today. So the first one, if you're, if you're taking notes, let's go to Romans chapter 14, okay? Romans 14. I love this passage, Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, and I want to hone in on that. Say that with me. Say kingdom of God, So he's separating kingdoms, kingdom of this earth and kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of, and he says, and then he gives us three things that the kingdom of God is, is, or of. It is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, joy. And then he tells us how you get them. 
in the Spirit. So the kingdom of God is a kingdom that involves righteousness, peace, and isn't it interesting that joy makes the list? Top three, joy makes the list. He said, this is my kingdom. My kingdom, God's saying, is righteousness, peace, and joy. And let me tell you how you get those. You get those in the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit wants to give them to you. So the first thing you're taking notes, write this down. Joy is not an earthly matter. It's a kingdom matter. We've become obsessed with making joy, or what we would sometimes call happiness, an earthly matter and the circumstances of this world. And he says, it's not eating and drinking. What's he saying? It's not about this earth. You won't find it. The joy that I'm speaking of is, as the old song says, it's a joy unspeakable. And so what what this passage is communicating to us is joy does not come from you, but it is for you. So it's not something that I can sit down and manufacture. I can't sit down and say, I'm going to make some joy today. If it is, then it's dependent upon what I can produce and what others can do for me. So what is joy? Okay, let's talk about what is joy. The word joy in the Greek, okay, you have to hack when you say this. This is one of those hacker ones. The Greek word for for joy is chara, like hurrah, you know, chara. And it means a feeling of, this is the key word, inner gladness. It's on the inside. Happiness of the world is something that is on the outside that affects us on the inside. God's saying, mind's the opposite. Joy is something that is manufactured on the inside first. And I give you joy inside first. And then that joy is manifested to the outside. And this is what this, is what this passage is talking about. I found one commentator, theological commentator, uh, theological commentator who said this. Joy is an inner gladness. It's a deep-seated pleasure that is birthed and energized by the Holy Spirit. So it's something that comes from the Spirit of God straight to us. You guys remember that old song? Uh, I'll test you, see who grew up in children's church, okay? I'm gonna sing it, you ready? You guys have to finish what I'm I'm gonna do. Sing it, okay. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Okay, I see. My favorite is where it says, and if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Good, that's good. So the part of that that's interesting to me is I got the joy, 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 joy down in my... It wasn't something that had to be done on the outside for me to become rejoicing or joyful on the inside. Proverbs 12, 20 says, Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. And the Lord wants to bring this joy, you know, it's the same idea as this shalom peace. Shalom peace is something that comes on the inside, no matter what's on the outside. Joy works the same way in God's kingdom. It's something that can be taking place on the inside, despite what is happening around me. So we like to use this word happiness. You know, we like to use the word happy. Are you happy? And I think a lot of this even comes from, from the foundations of our nation. In 1776, remember the Declaration of Independence? And it says, I'll read the first part of it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that, uh, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our nation was founded on the idea that happiness is something that you have to go out and find. It's a part of our culture. It's at the founding, it's at the bedrock of our nation 
that, and I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm not saying it's demonic. I'm not saying any of those things. But it has become a part of our culture that happiness I must seek. I must pursue happiness. And so there's, but there's, we, ha- we have to understand, especially as believers, there's a stark difference between happiness and joy. It's, it's, it's different. Let me give you a couple examples. Happiness is found in the head. Joy is found in the heart. Okay. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is independent of circumstances. Uh, Happiness is when I experience good things. Joy is when I experience God things. It's different. Happiness is impacted by what you accomplish. And joy is impacted by what Jesus accomplished. It's a difference. It's, It's a complete difference. And we have to understand this as believers more than anyone else is that happiness, this is the key, happiness happens to you, joy abides in you. If you're dependent upon happiness, then you are dependent upon somebody or something doing something to you. And what the Lord wants us to understand as believers is that joy is a free gift that is just there waiting for us to unwrap on a daily basis. We cannot pursue it. We cannot chase it down, which leads me to my next point, point number two, if you want to write this down. Joy is not a pursuit, it is a destination. You know, we, you've, heard it, you've, heard, you've heard the opposite of that said many, many times. It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Not with joy. Joy has been found. His name is Jesus. It's, it's a destination for us. And let me, let me tell you why I think this. Let me take you to scriptures. I don't want you to think this is just my opinion. John 15, 11, our opening passage, says Jesus' words, Okay. He says, I have told you this so that my joy, joy the joy of Jesus, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's done. It's done. You're not chasing it. It's not a pursuit. Jesus says, the joy that I come to give you is complete. It means you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It is what it is. And you can either receive it or not. It's a gift that he comes to give us. This word complete in the Greek is the Greek word plerao, plerao, and it means to be full, to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting. That kind of joy. A joy to where you don't need anything else to enjoy joy. It's complete. It's finished. And this is Jesus saying, I've come to give you my joy so that your joy can be full. In fact, you could make the argument that Jesus is saying, I want you to live life to the full. I want your joy to be in full. I want your peace to be in full. I want your hope to be in full. I want your love to be in full. All of these elements he wants us to receive in the full. And these two Greek words, chara and plerao, okay, are together in this sentence. Joy and complete. Joy complete. And we, we don't realize how many times this is mentioned, the importance of joy In fact, I'm going to put a a series of verses up on the screen. I think there's 11 of them. Of the times in Scripture, in the New Testament, that I found the word joy, chara, and the word complete, plerao, in the same sentence. I have done this so that you can have complete joy. Complete joy. Complete joy. Complete joy. Complete joy. Why? Because he knew that we would live in a world that was weary. That was absent of joy and so he wanted to give us the source now watch let's go back to verse 11 it says i have told you this that word this is important 
so that my joy may be in you. And I'm thinking, well, what is this? Because I need to know what this is if the joy is going to be complete in me. That'd be like me coming in here and saying, and you come in late and you miss the announcement. And I say, okay, in order to get, to, to, in order to get the million dollars, do what I said a minute ago. And you'd be like, wait, what? I, I, what'd you say? I want the million dollars. I'm like, I want joy. So if Jesus is saying, do, do this and you will have joy, then we have, to, we have to hit the reverse button and go back a couple of verses, okay? I'm gonna do that for you. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said this, okay? This is this, verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now watch this. Now remain in my love. Just, just stay. Stay in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And the very next verse says, I have told you this so that my, my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. What do you tell us? Just abide. Just remain in Christ's love. Remain in this fact that he died for you and was buried and was risen from the grave for you. And I can remain in that. There's now no condemnation. There's nothing in this world that can take that away from me because it's been this gift that's been given to me if I will just simply remain in this joy. Let me ask you this question. Let me just, this is a rhetorical question, okay? I want you to process this for all the deep thinkers, okay? If, if, if all you had in life, all you had in life was hope, peace, and joy, in the full. Like, you were never hopeless. You, you were never at unrest in your spirit. You were constantly peaceful. And you were never sad. You were never depressed. You were never weary. You were always joyful. Would you have everything you need? I have all hope. I have all peace. I have all joy. Well, what I want you to understand, these three things, if even, even if you're sitting there wrestling with that in your head, that's fine. You can wrestle with it for all the deep thinkers for, for a long time if you want to. Everything else was stripped away from you, but you never lost your hope, you never lost your peace, and you never lost your joy. That's a pretty good place to be. All of these things are kingdom matters. We must guard our hearts, we must guard our minds, because the enemy, the world, everything around you is constantly attacking your hope, constantly attacking your peace, and constantly attacking your joy. So if we really come to the understanding that in Christ we have all of these in plerao, in the full, how much would that transform the way we live our lives? They're all three free gifts in Galatians chapter 5. All three of them, free. Gift of the Spirit. All of them come as a gift from the Spirit. Nothing in this world can bring you hope, peace, or joy. To play rao, okay? Let's go to the next passage, Luke chapter 2. We'll get to point number 3 here. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. 
This is that Christmas verse. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now this is where we'll hone in. I bring you good news because you needed some. The reason the angel is saying, I'm bringing you something that's good, makes me think that they needed it. You know, have you ever been like, do you want the bad news or the good news first? You know, it's like, I need some good, 2020, y'all, I need some good news. I need, I don't care. Somebody lie to me. I just need to hear something good. Like, I don't care. Just, just tell me, tell me that it's all going to go away. Tell me why. Cause, cause we're in a weary world. And when you're in a weary place, you're craving good news. And the angel comes to say, I bring you good news. Then, then the next three words that will cause that's future tense. It's gonna, I'm bringing you good news today. That is gonna in the future. That's the Oklahoma version is gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's going to bring you joy. Joy is going to come for all the people. So, you know, it's like the angel saying, today I'm going to give you a seed. But this seed is going to produce fruit. Today's the seed. So for just a few seconds, I want to talk about the growth cycle of joy. The growth cycle of joy. Um, you know, I don't think anybody would argue, you know, that the seed doesn't look like the fruit. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's way smarter than me that's like, actually, John, there is this one fruit that's in the... But I'm saying, you think about it, an apple seed doesn't look like an apple. An avocado seed does not look like an avocado. The seed always looks different than the fruit. And you can imagine how much they must have felt, I bring you good news in this weary world, and you're persecuted by the Romans, and life is terrible. Here's a baby. what? You probably, seriously, angel? Like a baby? You bring me good tidings of joy? It's a baby? It's because the fruit never looks like the seed. So, you know, there's a lot of things when, when Christ came, there's a lot of fruit that we get to partake of as believers, lots of them. But today we're talking about joy. So let's just talk about joy. Nobody would argue that in this case, the fruit is joy. Okay. That's number one. The fruit's the joy. In this, in this instant, what we're talking about today, we get to partake of this delicious, beautiful food called joy as believers. Okay, in this story, and in all of the fruit that we partake of, the seed is Jesus. Jesus is the seed. The, the angel shows up and says, I bring you good tidings. I bring you joy. It's going to cause, today it's a seed, but it's going to grow up and bring great fruit. And Jesus even referred to himself as a seed. You remember this? In, in John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So Jesus is prophesying his own death. He's saying, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be buried in the ground. I'm going to be buried. And when I'm resurrected, I'm going to bring much fruit. And it's going to abound. And even in the germination cycle of a seed, you think about it, when a seed dies, it has to go to a dark place. And sometimes it's in the darkest places of your life that God's doing the greatest work. You just can't see it, right? Because it's been buried. The seed has been planted, and it's going to produce fruit, but it's the, it's the germination season that's the most frustrating. But you go out every day, and you water this stupid seed, you water this stupid seed, and there's nothing there, and there's nothing there. And then you come out one day, and all of a sudden, something's popped up out of the ground. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Something's happening. And so this process is happening in this story. 
So, so the fruit is joy, the seed is Jesus, and third, the soil is you. So the seed of Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, the seed of Jesus is planted in your heart and it begins to burst forth fruit through your whole life. And this manifests by the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit begin to, to come out. And so I'm, this is kind of where I brought you to this point. I wanted to point this out. So the angel comes and says, I bring you good news. Why would you need somebody to bring you good news unless you've had bad news? And I love, one of the reasons I love the song Holy Night is because one part of the song, it says, a weary world rejoices. You know why that's fascinating? Because why would anything that's weary be happy? Jesus says, it's a, the, 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 the angel is saying, it is a weary world that I have thrust myself into here. Nothing is good. Nothing's good. No, the Roman Empire has come in and devastated and taken over. There's weariness. There's, there's hopelessness. Everything seems hopeless. But guess what? I've come to bring some good news. This is the beginning of the gospel. This is the beginnings when the angel comes and says, I've brought good news. And so what does that say to us? It says to us, if you're, if you're weary, if you're tired, then you are a prime candidate for joy. You're a prime candidate for joy. If you feel weak, if you feel like 2020 has done you in and you don't know how you can keep doing this any longer in 2020 and you, you feel just completely lost and depleted, you're a perfect candidate for joy. If you're sad, if you're sorrowful, if you're depressed, if you're defeated, you're a perfect candidate for joy. That's why the Bible says that sorrow lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning because joy, amen, you can clap in church, it's okay. So sometimes, what if we begin to think of ourselves as prime candidates for the joy of the Lord? Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're exhausted, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Not your own ability is your strength. The Bible says it's not by might, not by power, it's by spirit. Where does joy come from? Spirit. Where does peace come from? Spirit. So, so we begin to go back to the source, the only source that can truly give us what we need. So if you feel hardship, if you feel uh, confusion, if you feel frustration, if you feel rejection, if you feel disappointment in 2020, I would just tell you, buckle up. You need to go for a joyride. It's time for a joyride. It's time for you to wake up to the fact that a gift has been given to you. Like if somebody walked, drove up, came up to me and said, hey, I'm giving you this Ferrari. Guess what I'm doing? I'm taking that sucker for a spin. <laughs> I'm going to see what this thing can do. Sometimes I rent cars. I'll confess this. Maybe Hertz, Hertz rental cars not watching. If you work for Hertz, don't tattletale on me. Sometimes when I rent cars and they let me pick, I'm like, I'll take the Mustang. And I'm going to see if I can take all the rubber off these wheels <laughs> in the process. Why? Because I'm going to see what this sucker can do. If God has given me joy, I'm going to take this thing for a spin. I want to see what this can do. I want to see what joy can have an impact on my marriage. I want to see what joy could do to, to my stress about finances. I want to see what joy could do to my anxiety about the nation and the elections and all the craziness happening. I'm going to climb into joy and take this thing for a spin. It's, it's time to go for a joy ride. Okay, so let me give you the, the last one. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples, okay, right before he goes to the cross. See, see the topic of, that we're talking on here. Watch Jesus thread this like only Jesus can do. John 16, 20. 
chapter 16, verse 20. It says, most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus, that's great news. And lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. Now, this is the part I want you to catch. And your joy, no one will take from you. If I will partake of this joy, nobody and nothing can take it from me. The fourth thing, if you're taking notes, the joy of the Lord is irrevocable. Now, I'm going to try to unpack this through an illustration, okay? Pray for me. I don't know if this is good or not, but I'm going to try. Most of you have heard about a will, right? You do a will. If you pass away, there's benefactors, you know? So there's also something called a trust. And basically, if you have a trust... It means that you take a lot of your possessions, anything that you do, and you bring under the umbrella of this trust. Then if something were to ever happen to you, then your, the executor of your trust would take it and execute it. It would make sure that everything you said would happen. Okay. Now, there's also two types of trusts. There's lots of different kinds of trusts, but two I'm going to talk about today. There's one that's called a revocable trust and one that's called an irrevocable trust. A revocable trust means that after a couple of years, if your uncle makes you mad, you can go in and tweak a couple of things. Like, I was going to give my kids to that, eh, not anymore. I don't want to give my kids to that guy. You know, it's revocable. I can revoke it. I can take it back. But there is a thing called an irrevocable trust. That means once you sign on that dotted line, it's done. Now, let me try to paint this picture. Our Heavenly Father made a trust. And the trust said that when his son would die, that we would become righteous, that we would become whole, that we would become healed. And all of these things were in this trust. And we were named as the benefactors. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ, right? So you see all these legal terms coming in to this, to this analogy. And can I just tell you something? In the kingdom of God, you're a trust fund baby. You're a trust fund baby. And when Jesus paid the price that he paid for us, there's one aspect or one piece or one element or one corner of this trust where God put joy. And he said, all of my joy is for all of my children. And it's a free gift. And it's an irrevocable gift. It's an irrevocable trust, which means nothing can ever take it away. So the devil can't take away your joy because he didn't give it to you. This world can't take away your joy because the world didn't give it to you. The nightly news can't rob you of your joy because the nightly news didn't give it to you. No government, no human, no person, no system, no structure, no policy could either give you joy or take joy away from you because neither and none of them were the authors of that joy. It was only given by your heavenly father delivered to you by the Holy Spirit. You should go for a joyride. You should stop trying to figure this world out and just hop in the car and go for a spin. You should try this thing out. It's this gift 
that's not dependent upon the things around us. John 16, 22. Let's read it again. It says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see to it. I'll see to it. That your heart, your cardia, which is the Greek word, cardia, which means the innermost part of you, will rejoice. You will receive my joy, and nobody will ever be able to take that joy away from you. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I bring you, church, I bring you good news. <laughs> it will cause great joy for all the people. This is the beginnings of the gospel right here. When the, when the angel came down and said, I, I bring you good news, this was the seed of the gospel, of the good news that we now get to partake of, the fruit that we partake of. And just like hope, just like peace, just like joy, it's all a free gift. Stop trying to manufacture it. Stop trying to figure out how to be peaceful and not be anxious. Stop trying to buy stuff, attain stuff, get the title at work, get the followers on social media, whatever it is that you think is the pursuit of happiness. And if, and if I can just get that, then I'll be happy. Or if I can just accomplish this, then I'll be happy. It's, it's silliness. Solomon would say it's foolishness. It's a chasing after the wind. That's what he would say. It's, it's just joy. It's joy that you can't describe. And that then becomes the light. Like we talked about peace last week. If we can become full of peace, then our peace becomes a light to the world. That everybody looks at you and they're like, what, why are you peaceful? The world's falling apart. And you're like, well, I got a peace that don't make sense. It's an indescribable peace. Joy, joy works the same way, that we can, we can manifest this joy. And so the way I want to close today is I just want to pray for you. Last week we prayed, we closed in prayer of us just standing in a posture of receiving. And I want to invite you at OKC and Edmond, maybe even in your living room, if you want to stand up with me right now, I just want to pray a prayer over you, a prayer of, bless, a prayer of blessing over you. And I want us to receive peace, receive joy, receive hope today. So there at Edmond, here at OKC, those of you watching at home, I just want to pray a, a prayer over you. And I don't, I don't know what you're going through. Okay, I know that some of you are, are going through just crazy, crazy, crazy times in your life. Trying to find peace and trying to find joy in the middle of this mess that your life may look like is, is really hard to even try to convince you or describe to you. But I'm about to pray that God would give you a joy that I, I just can't. So if you would just, here at the church, we're kind of big on posturing ourselves in a place uh, where we create physical pictures of spiritual truths. And so if you would just get yourself in a posture of receiving, if you, if you want to lay your hands out, if you want to lay your hands up, put your hands up. If you want to sit down, I, I, just put yourself in a posture where you would receive something. Because I want to pray there at the Edmond campus here at OKC, those watching at home, that something supernatural would happen. I've you hear me say this all the time. I've preached a sermon, but that's about as far as my talent goes. Now I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do something that I could never do, to impart something to you from his spirit, from his spirit. And so we're not rushing through this. This is not a transitional prayer. This is a holy moment where I believe the presence of God is here. The presence of God is at Edmund. The presence of God is in your living room or in your car right now. 
And he's about to impart something in you that's going to change your marriage. It's going to change your life. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way you act. It's going to change the way you treat people. It's going to change the way you do your finances and every aspect of your life because you're about to experience plerao, complete. So, Father, we come boldly into your presence as your scripture gives us permission to. And we've read the fine print of this irrevocable trust. And we see that it is ours, that we are heirs, we are co-heirs with Christ, Father, that as children, you have set some things aside for us. First and foremost, Father, forgive us. We ask forgiveness for trying to figure this out on our own, for trying to create joy, to create happiness, to create peace. Forgive us for not going to the correct source. You are the only source. So, Father, we come not in our name, not by our might. We come through the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask that you would impart joy, that there would be something light in our spirits, something would, would, would spark and something would happen that, that despite the circumstances, despite the world around us, despite what we're facing uh, in the day-to-day, God, that there's a joy that starts on the inside of us that springs up. As Isaiah says, it springs up, it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? That there's a joy, that there's something new that the Lord is doing inside of you, that it starts on the inside, not on the outside. It's not going to be a job opportunity. It's not going to be a a paycheck. It's not going to be something that comes to bring happiness. It's a joy that starts on the inside, and it springs up from within us. So we ask for this joy, Father. We ask for this favor. We ask, God, that you would deposit this gift in us. And give us the courage to walk it out. Give us the courage to take it for a ride. We thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for the moments where we slow ourselves down and our schedules down and our minds down and our pace down, that there you are to meet us, even in these moments. I pray that even now your spirit is speaking to your children about things that don't even, maybe don't even pertain to the title of this message, that your spirit is coming to comfort, to nourish, to recharge, to challenge, to convict all of the things that your spirit comes to do. We welcome it. We say, Holy Spirit, come, speak, be present. I pray for those in the room who are sick, who have ailments, those watching online who couldn't make it today. Maybe they have COVID. Maybe they have another ailment, a disease. God, we just speak life, Father. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there you are among us. So God, we pray for healing to manifest in this room. We pray for healing to manifest at the Edmund campus and online. We just give you space, God. We just give you space to do what you want to do. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for peace in the storm. Thank you for joy in a joyless world. Thank you for hope in a hopeless world. Thank you that we can partake of this fruit. We receive it today. We receive it today. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's message at Victory Church, where we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond themselves, and be transformed. 
The only way they can happen is through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would like to invite you to partner in giving towards this ministry. You can do that by visiting our website at victory.church give or download our Victory Church app and select give. Once again, thank you. And God desires for us to live life to the full.